Have we got a show for you? I've no idea what we'll do. Welcome, my friends, to this charming tableau. Have we got a show for you? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. My name is Strangely. This is the podcast. And one of the friends is actually sitting here with me right now. This is Sarah Shea. Sarah Shea and I are currently bubbled together at my tiny cabin in Bellingham, Washington on a secret, undisclosed location uh, on a street in a valley, which is happy. <laughs> what? How many valleys would there be? I think Bellingham has two notable valleys. There's, there's, there's uh, this one, the Happy Valley, and then there is Sudden Valley, which like, I'm just always like, where did it come from? What is happening? Yeah, it's like... My heart is big like a jack. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sarah is here because... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm still recovering from no, it's, that It's alright, that was, that, was, that was quite a valley, I, I know. It, was, it just came out of nowhere! <laughs> and valleys don't normally. No, they, they don't. Valleys are normally a very sedate thing that sort of appears. Yeah. So, I've asked Sarah to sit down with me today because this is going to be a slightly different episode. Um, partially because I haven't made any episodes in two months. And I wanted to talk about why, because it sort of ties into where my head's at right now. And I've been, I've, I've, I've taken a couple stabs at sitting down and writing this, this thinking up. And they all just come across as like ridiculous back to the land, uh, screeds of like, you know, just like sort of like, I shall destroy my computer and strip naked and wander into the woods. And it's like, that's not where I'm at. And so I figured if there's another human being here with me, Sarah, like, it would be so much easier to sort of talk about this stuff. I'm so glad that I could be here to keep you on track, which is not normally what I do when we have conversations, so. Yeah, it'll be... We'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> well, it's funny, because on the podcast that we make together, Pilot House, uh, there's a new episode coming very soon. <laughs> do I know a Pilot House? <laughs> Never heard of it. On that podcast, uh, it seems like people enjoy our chemistry almost more than the content at times. We do have excellent chemistry. We do. Our biophysics, though, are really on point, and I <laughs> wish more people would appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just sort of want to have this informal chat with you, Sarah, about kind of where I'm at. Because I, I started this year being like, I'm not going to use the internet as much. And then... Uh, this year happened. This year happened, and we all started using the internet a lot more than usual. By necessity. Yeah, and, and for things that I've always been resistant to using the internet for, like performance shows, uh, commerce, and even work. For, you know, like, like work for, like, perform performers. Like, I've taught a couple of accordion lessons over Zoom and things like that. Like, stuff I was like, I will never do this. And... Never say never. Right. And a lot of it ended up being not a big deal. Never forever. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, beat a kill. Doctor, no. We watched, we watched Octopussy last night, so I've got, I've got James Bond on the brain. You guys, that's movies, but now it's... That, That's another topic. <laughs> I've I've been slowly watching through all of the old Roger Moore James Bond films, and it's like the the first one with him, uh, for your eyes only, or whatever, the one that has like the voodoo and uh, <laughs> like sorry, the alligator I, stunt. I actually have not seen most of the James Bond movies, so I I was just gonna start singing the song because I know that. Right. But then you said the voodoo, and I went, oh, of course. Of course, there's a those movies are just but it's like so much. I saw the first Roger Moore one and I was like, there's no way they're gonna make a more bananas movie than this. Like it is so nuts. And then each successive Roger Moore James Bond movie has been more bananas yeah. than the previous one. Greater numbers of bananas than I ever thought of before. Like to the point where in the one we just watched last night, he's literally in a monkey suit, like. He, he, at different points in that movie, is in a monkey suit, a clown suit, and an alligator suit. At yeah. At the minimum. I might be forgetting a ridiculous suit that he wears. And he also, a tiger attacks him and he just goes, sit! 
And the yeah. tiger sits. And that's it. That's it. And then he like smushes an entire, like there's, it almost felt like that, that scene where he walks through like a, a giant spider web and there's these huge spiders like tarantulas or something. And he's like, ah, and I'm like, oh, here comes something. He'll have to do something. But he just like smashes one of the spiders, a giant tarantula. He yeah. squishes it on himself. It would have been a lot faster and easier to just like brush it away. But he squishes it on himself. And I was like, is that just like the most intense diss on Connery? Because there's an entire... Dr. No, like, one of the most intense moments in Dr. No is Connery trying to not get killed by a tarantula. And instead, Moore's like, Ugh, tarantula! Squash! Moving on! I have to go tell a tiger to sit. Anyway. It's... Yeah. Somebody is a big James Bond fan and knows if that was an intentional diss on Connery. Please let me know. So that entire conversation would not have been possible without me watching a movie on my computer that, you know, I got from the internet. Because mm -hmm. the, the whole thing that I was trying to do this year was I'm only going to watch movies at home if I have the physical disc, you know, so I have to go out and physically get it or I have to order it or something. So it's, it's a commitment to that film at that time. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know technically data storage isn't infinite, but it might as well be. Yeah. I have stored on my computer right now more hours of television than I think I could watch in in the next three months. If yeah. all I did was watch TV, I still couldn't watch everything I have in my hard drive. Yeah. Because it's so, you know, there's so much space. And so I had this this New Year's resolution that I want, I was going to, I got a, a pass to Regal Cinemas, the Regal Unlimited Pass. Go see as many movies as I want a week in the theater. And what I was doing for for December, January, and February is I would just go to the movie theater and watch movies like on Friday evening. And that was pretty much my media consumption at the time. Like unless I was watching something for a class or my pilot house. Or, or for or for pilot house or my housemates wanted to watch something all together or a friend wanted to come over for a movie. And movies were this event again. Then we get to quarantine. And it's like I I'm excited because I have all this other time for my projects and stuff, and I'm doing all of my projects of giving tons of time to school. And I still have all this free time. And so I sort of, I, ch I changed the rules because I made the rules. I can change the rules. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And I basically was you like. You are the boss of you. I am the boss of me. This is what being an adult feels like, which is weird. Which, oh man, I'm going to get distracted by this thought. But Sorry. like, what is the age where people stop telling you like you'll 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 know you'll understand someday like right. when you grow up it's like I'm 32 freaking years old like I don't like people like at what point like when I'm 40 when I'm 50, like at what point will like I guess my parents will always do it because they'll always be older than me but like I am now the age my parents were when they had me yeah so it's like there you go I'm exactly half their age that's interesting. So, Whoa. right? What? How? Blowing my mind. I mean, that's how time and math works, I guess. But yes. Uh, but but so I changed the rules, and I was like, I will, I will allow myself to watch TV shows, but I have to only watch one show. So it's like, if I'm watching Veronica Mars, which I watched all of Veronica Mars, and it's great. I that was what I was watching. Yeah. Because the biggest thing that I hated about sitting down in front of Netflix was scrolling through Netflix and having too much choice yeah. and too much options. Ugh. The scrolling is the worst. We talked about it a little bit on, on the episode of Pilot House. We just uh -huh. recorded. But like, just for the record, everybody, if, if you find yourself wasting too much time on like Netflix or whatever streaming services, I strongly recommend... I made myself a new rule, which was I have to decide what I want to watch and then fire up the appropriate streaming service because I have a couple. I have access to a couple because <laughs> people share passwords and bless them for doing so. But like, you, if you do that, you never get caught in the, the, the streaming service equivalent of channel surfing. Right. Which is the worst. I've done it for like an hour and then gone, well now I'm tired, I'm just gonna go to bed. I don't feel like watching anything anymore. Right. And it's it awful. And it's like, that is, that is a big part of what I was trying to get away with that was mm -hmm. like, get away with that. What I was trying to get away from with that. Yeah. Is, is that, what you meant. that spending of time in something that 
doesn't really give back to you that it, it just turns into a time sink because, mm. and this is the thing that like, and, and that's the exact sort of facet of all these technologies that really bother me. Um, about two years ago, I read a book called This Is Your Brain on Porn. It was entirely about how internet pornography is this unlimited bottomless well of choice and options and availability, mm -hmm. right? Like you can, you can get anything in any combination, like, uh, and, don't, and you don't need to give an example. Like, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't going for an oh, example. I you were like, like a sample if you're really into it. I'm like, let's not go there. No, 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 no. If no, you but, really but like, want this type of person and that type of person doing this type of act. <laughs> yeah. Let's not come up with an example. Well, I mean, but for some people, it's not even sexual stuff. It's like if you want a a, a strong uh, uh, Rhodesian man baking, making crepes <laughs> in a in a rustic cabin kitchen, that's available. You know, like what? I, but like, the point is that like because there's this illusion that every possible like minute detail can be curated. Yeah. Your brain goes, I must find it. Yeah. And it stops being about anything even pleasurable and becomes like this like where's wally chore where you're just like you have to find the specific thing you worried about getting sued by the where's waldo people oh that's right it's called so i've not <laughs> talked about it i've not talked about it in the states in years one of my friends in edinburgh is obsessed with it and in the uk it's called where's wally why i have no idea like a way more fun name. The, I yeah I they I was not consulted. I would have been like Waldo's better. Well, I'm just curious now. Was there like already a really famous cartoon character or something named Waldo, and they were like, we don't want to confuse it. Like how uh, 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 the Avengers in the UK was called Avengers Assemble to differentiate it from the the UK like spy show right. from the sixties. Like, right. Sometimes it's like it's not a question of like oh, we don't like that. Let's change it. It's just like. A copyright issue or just we don't want to confuse people right we want to be clear anyway but but like reading this this book it was more about like neuroscience mm -hmm. than about you know morality yeah because it was just kind of like if you you're getting presented with infinite choice and it was on the specific topic of internet pornography but once i'd read that book it started to really sort of sink into me how all of these digital technologies with Netflix, Amazon, um, or, you know, even New York Times, like how all these websites are absolutely like dialed to just hold your attention and keep you stuck in them. Yeah. They want you to stay there and look at more ads. Right. Or Reddit or whatever. And, yeah. you know, three years ago, I decided I didn't want to use Reddit anymore. And during quarantine, I kind of started using Reddit a little bit again. Oh, no. I know, right? I fell down. I fell down for a little bit, you know. You but fell off off the wagon. I fell. Yeah, I fell. Yeah, but you know the 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 fascinating thing about it is that going back into some of these services when we went into quarantine, I kind of could see some of the patterns that were happening, and so I I one by one like stopped using them, mm -hmm. and I got to the point where the last thing I was still using was Instagram which is the thing that I was using to do my nightly streams mm -hmm. during quarantine. And I was, you know, I was messaging friends on it and it was kind of like this little community thing. But what I found even with that was that it was, it was just like, it was pulling more time out of me and it became like this compulsive thing to check. The, the most frustrating thing about all of the social medias is that even if you just need to go to it to get one piece of information, you need to go send someone a message or something. The first thing you see when you log in is content and it grabs your eyes and you're like, well, what's that? And you start scrolling and then, man, once you start scrolling, it's right. hard to stop. And, and Instagram is entirely content of people I, I care about. And it's my yet, friends. Yeah. And yet it's still sometimes too much or you just don't have the time for that right then. Right. Because I got to say to all of you friends out there in Instagram land, like, I can't handle how freaking gorgeous and happy and, like, fulfilled y'all look. Like, and it's... how cute your dogs are. Yeah. And how delicious all your breads look. 
And like, I understand intellectually that we all have bad days. We all have good days. We all have our days where we wake up, we feel super cute. We take that perfect selfie and we're like, ah, might delete later. I don't know. But like. Who has ever deleted a selfie later? Right? (laughs) If if it's actually cute, why would you delete it later? Just leave it. It's cute. (laughs) Sorry. But Instagram's four. So. (laughs) Maybe people tomorrow want to know you felt cute yesterday, you know? Right. Sorry. Right, because it's like it's a it's a it's a finite time of cuteness. Capture the moment, you know, like hold on oh, to don't, it. Don't don't get started on the ephemeral nature of theater or something like that. We'll be here all day. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I still think the best performance I ever saw was back in. Actually, things are better when I can limit how many people have access to them. Oh. Hey, you put right. it that way. It sounds bad, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. right. I have complicated feelings about uh, the ephemeral nature of certain art forms. Specifically podcasts that become uh, paywalled. Oh, that's a whole different story. Boo. You know, Stitcher. My, somebody bought me a Stitcher Premium for a year, and I was like, I will take that, because mostly, I wasn't even listening to much of the premium content. I was mostly uh-huh. just like, thank God I can access some of my favorite shows that I just like having on in the background. Like, right. how am I, spo- excuse me, how am I literally supposed to do any chores if I can't have Pistol Shrimps Radio on in the background? It's, that's impossible. A human can't do it. Don't tell me you've ever tried. Anyway, the point is, it's it's up, they just reminded me it's up in October, and I'm like, oof, I don't really want to give them any more money. Their app is terrible. Oh, yeah. I, I got a free month of it or something at some point, and I was just like, I didn't use it. Yeah. It was unusable. Uh, but now I'm listening to Mark McConville's new Stitcher Premium podcast, and if I don't, if I don't keep uh, giving them protection money, right? <laughs> they'll take away my mascots. I love that podcast. <laughs> anyway, that's how Stitcher gets you. But uh, but it just sort of this exact thing that we're talking about now, where it's like you kind of you buy into this ecosystem and you're sort of tied into it. Yeah, and the whole of social media, you know, Reddit or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even reading on a news site that has comments at the bottom. It's like we all sort of are bought into all of this. Yeah. And it's, it's at the risk of sounding like uh, some of my older hippie friends, it's kind of freaking me out, man. Like, <laughs> it's just... Well, are we at Oregon Country Fair? What happened? <laughs> I, you know, and I think some of this, like, sort of mental state that I'm in with all this stuff happened when I was away at that cabin in Northern California, because I was alone for three months, and my only connection to the world was through my phone. Yeah. Either through social media or uh, phone calls or whatever. And what I found was that phone calls were more fulfilling. I would talk to one person for a long time. Uh, you were one of those people, Sarah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you said the phrase a long time. I feel like I am being called out. Well, I am equally complicit in those phone calls. Yeah. I think, I think. It, it felt me, it made me feel better every time the conversation kind of would lull and I was like about to be like, I should let you go. And then be like, that's the other thing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank God. He hasn't just been sitting there looking at his watch like, stop talking, Sarah. Criminy. But, but that's the, that's the thing is I... I don't feel like it's a chore to talk to you on the phone Aww, for four hours thanks. or one of my other friends for four hours. Or like, there were some nights where like I'd pour a drink, call my dad, and we'd talk for like a couple hours. Yeah. And it, that never felt like a chore. Whereas like, it got to the point where like I would be more tired after looking at Instagram for five minutes than I would be after talking to someone on the phone for a couple of hours. Oh, agreed, one hundred percent. And I. I think that kind of that's narrowed in on what I think is the most upsetting thing about all these digital technologies. And one of the reasons that like I'm trying to find ways to engage with them less is that it's something you said this morning because mm-hmm. we we're, we're talking about um, a famous actor who passed away and you had seen it on Twitter or something. And I had it dropped and somebody else dropped it in the middle of a conversation because they assumed that I'd seen it on social media and I hadn't. Um, and it finally appeared in the paper today. Yeah, I actually found out because someone messaged me, or not didn't message me directly, posted in a group that I am part of, and I saw the notification. And they just said, I am super not okay with the news about person. And I went, 
oh god, did they get canceled? What happened? Right. And I just went, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I yeah. am. I am bubbled with my past strangely. We're freaking making jam and recording podcasts and watching gridonk James Bond movies. I am not that the, that knowledge will not super affect my day to day life right now, and I'm gonna let it go. Right. But they obviously that person assumed that I would have already heard. Right, and I, I think that's that's like the weird thing is that like we no longer have. I know that like life is upsetting and sometimes stuff just happens and it sucks and like there's nothing you can do about it especially if it happens to you personally Mm -hmm. but i think that something that a lot of us have just given up on is the ability to have any control over the like large-scale upsettingnesses that happen yeah and that's the the deaths of famous actors the cancellations of celebrities the you know the 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 tsunamis and and earthquakes and whatever you know, well, you you were talking earlier about taking the newspaper. Right, that's something that physical I've started paper. doing now. Yeah. I get a physical newspaper delivered to my house every day. Yeah, and you were saying to me, I was like, it's so nice. You th- you tossed the newspaper in the recycling. You went, that's a really nice thing about getting a physical newspaper. When I'm done with the news, I get I'm like, I've gotten everything I want out of this news source. Yeah, literally throw it in the trash. Yeah, and 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 I it, that that moment made me realize. Oh, yeah, I guess if you have that one thing, and it's just for the news, Uh and you are never going to pick it up to find out what time it is, or to ask a friend if they, you know, want to talk on the phone, or all the other things that you do with your phone or with the internet, and then end up seeing upsetting news on accident, which happens to me all the time, especially these days, and it's really, really frustrating because sometimes you're not, you, you need to be doing something else. You have a life thing that needs to be done, you know? I can't count the number of times I needed to get something done. I needed to accomplish something, whether it was something simple as feeding myself because I was right. hungry or, you know, taking out the litter because it needed to be done or calling a friend or do, making art or anything. And then I accidentally, via my phone or my laptop, stumbled across a really upsetting piece of information and it, like, r- ruins my brain for an hour at least. Like... I just end up, I can't focus on anything else, and, like, suddenly I need to go, oh, well, no, what else happened? Or I need more details, and then I dive deeper, and then it's even worse. So that's part of why I looked at that message and went, nope, I'm not even gonna look. And then, of course, I I happened to look at Twitter to post about the live stream we're doing later tonight, uh-huh. which, if you're hearing this podcast, it'll be too late. Um, but, like... I was going to post about that on Twitter. That's all I went to Twitter for. And then the first post I saw at the top of my feed was about that. And I went, okay, well, now I know. Right. Uh, and, and you know, part of part of why I'm not specifying the, the specific actor is uh, you could be listening to this at any unspecified point in the future. Yeah. And you could just imagine that we're talking about some other recent celebrity yeah. happening that's it's, happened. Yeah. To this conversation is not important. Also... I don't know, maybe somebody else hasn't heard that news yet, and I don't want this podcast to be the moment where they get bummed out because of that. Right, because, you know, as, as much as sort of the current pandemic is an unavoidable uh, ingredient in what's going on in my brain and sort of how I'm organizing my life, this podcast isn't about current events. It's not for current events. Yeah. I don't think anybody's really interested in my hot take on anything. Like, I made this podcast so that I could talk about the things that aren't hot takes. They aren't new, you know, immediate, fresh, up-to-the-moment stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to university to be a historian. I clearly am like, let's, let's give this a minute to settle and then yeah. try to figure out what it means. Because uh, that even is fascinating with, um, with thinking about a few, a few ongoing news stories. Is the difference between hearing about something from a friend who read a headline and then reading a fully edited, fact-checked, sourced story about it in the paper two days later. Yeah. So even though I'm not up to the minute, I might be 24, 48, even over the weekend, 72 hours out of date. By the time you're reading it in a print newspaper... Yeah. I mean, for one thing, the spelling and punctuation is just off the charts better. (laughs) 
but but it's sort of it's a it's a different thing now i mean there's a lot of benefit in the immediacy of something like twitter during protest movements or yeah. or well, especially when you're not relying on one source right. for your information like yeah neither of us is implying that we should just go back to trusting only you know the newspapers right. to to tell things i mean it's too late for that quite frankly but but it's it's for me it comes down to wanting to make myself the most effective person in my world. Yeah. And I tend to do the best and be the most effective when I can carefully take in information, even upsetting information, and process it appropriately and then develop my opinions and my uh my actions based on that digestion. I have friends who are super hyper capable of following the fire hose out of Twitter yeah. and, and, and surfing that wave and sort of engaging with that back and forth. And I, I, I'm super impressed by those people. I have more power to them. I do my best to support folks like that. When they, when they mention something relevant to sort of historical things that I'm aware of, I like to throw that in there and sort of give them the ability to reference some nuance, but it's, it's not a skill I have. And I think that's okay. Like part of growing older for me has been being okay with the fact that like there's certain things that I have not developed the ability for or the aptitude for. And I'm just like, you know, it's okay that I'm never going to be a fluent Tagalog speaker. Tagalog. Tagalog. See, that's okay. I got that wrong. I don't even know how to say the name of the language. Oh, I dated this one Filipino guy. I didn't know how to say it before then either. So you're off the hook. But I that, only read it. Right. It's a word I've only ever seen in yeah. print. Yeah. Be, be kind to people who mispronounce words, friends, because sometimes it means that they only ever heard it in a book, which means that they read, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's something that should be celebrated. Although... Yes, it'd be, it's also nice if you, in that case, if you talk to other people of other cultures and then you learn about their things, not necessarily from a book. But we'll let it slide. Right, but, it, you know, sometimes you don't have access. Yeah, it's true. And sometimes going to someone who is of a different culture and being like, teach me your ways! Oh, yeah, is, no. This is also... Context. <laughs> Context is important. Super important. Talking to people and learning about their life experiences does not mean walking up to someone and being like, educate me! It is your duty! And, you know, that, that, that brings up another point for me that I... I'm see I'm seeking nuance and context. Yeah. And if I can turn my consumption of news and my informing myself into a solitary endeavor as opposed to a uh, collaborative interactive one, then I have the opportunity to invest the time to seek the context that I am missing without expecting someone else to provide it for me. Yeah. Um, cause that's, a, that's a really interesting thing that will happen in social media is someone will post a link to say a news story and their opinion about it will be included with the link. They'll be like, this is bullshit or whatever. And so you go to the story already thinking this is bullshit. You know, the, the, the classic one that we all sort of chuckle about is the people who share onion headlines thinking that they're oh, real Lord. headlines. Oh, there, but for the grace of God go I, I don't know. Right. And, you know, it's, it's sort of it's it's funny, but we all have our own versions of that moment. Yeah. Where we we jump on sort of a, a bandwagon with a thing like that because, you know, we want to we want to be involved because we've been. We've been fed this idea culturally that being up to the moment is the most important thing. Well, the more frustrating thing, I think, even than like the sharing onion hills or whatever is people who share an article and go, oh my god, I can't believe it. And then I, or they say like, this is terrible because of reason or something. And then I read the article and I comment, wait, in the article it says thing. And then the person goes, oh, okay, I only read the headline. And you're like, I mean, I've definitely had the bad habit of sometimes seeing a headline, assuming I understand the article from that. And then maybe being like, I don't have time to read that article. But then later you repeat that fact as if it's true. And headlines are sometimes super misleading. Sometimes headlines, in fact, 
directly contradict the things that are in the article. I don't understand that thought process. But even when you're trying to do a, a good headline, mm -hmm. it still has to distill the general idea of the article into a handful of words. So let's all stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I've, I've sort of brought this whole idea of, like, stepping back from social media up to a few friends and been told that it's a very privileged move to be like, I'm not going to use social media as much anymore. But I find that really confusing because to have a device upon which you can interact with social media is also a privilege. Like, yeah, it's not like having an internet connection and a computer or an internet connection and a tablet or a smartphone or whatever, that's not free. It, it's not water. Yeah. It's not, well, water isn't even free anymore. Fudge. Like, yeah. so like there are, there are millions of people in the United States, the United States right yeah. now who aren't online, who aren't connected and who aren't participating in culture via Facebook or, or whatever, you know, Facebook is, Facebook wouldn't be running ads as aggressively as they do if everybody in America was already on Facebook. I mean, well, maybe they would. I don't quite understand, like, no, how that all would, works. Because Facebook is still free to use. Yeah. And they're, they're, they advertise it so aggressively. I mean, that was an interesting thing when in January and February I was going to the movie theater like twice a week yeah is facebook ran an ad they paid to run an ad before every single movie and it's like how many unreached consume how many possible unreached consumers are still out there i think it's but that's like we saw we were watching a video earlier uh -huh. and there was an ad for facebook but it wasn't just an ad for the general concept of facebook right right it was an ad for a specific part of facebook and they just, that's the idea, right? They want you to use it for the most parts possible. Right. They want, I mean, Facebook would be happy if not only was everyone on the planet on Facebook, but they used it for everything. They did all their messaging through Facebook Messenger. They did all of their sharing information. They got all of their news from Facebook. I mean, they penalize posting links in terms of if you post something and it's just text or an image or something, they will show that to more people than if you post a link because they don't want people clicking a link and leaving Facebook. Right. At least that is how I've heard it described. I have witnessed firsthand at least apparent information that suggests that they that links are seen less frequently. Now, they're changing this stuff all the time. And also, those of us who are not on the inside have to just make assumptions based on what we, visit, we view, right? Right. I have always assumed, well, the only reason that they would penalize links is because... They want to keep you on the website. I heard someone say one time, it's like, oh, it's because they're trying to promote creation and rather creating new content instead of linking to other people's content. And I was like, first of all, nonsense. Facebook doesn't give a crap about that. Second of all, if I create a music video and then link, post it on YouTube and link to it on Facebook, then Facebook should like that, right? By your rules. But no, they want me to post the video on Facebook. They want everything on Facebook. They get the ad revenue. They keep you there in that cycle. Right. Sorry, Which, I got off on that. No, no, no. That's, that absolutely ties into where the, this whole sort of weird miasma of my brain right now that doesn't really have a specific point mm -hmm. is that they have constructed an ecosystem that they don't want you to leave. And the so a lot of the, sort of this thinking and where I'm coming from is informed by this book by a... Um, I don't know what field he, he actually works in. I think it might be computer science, but his name's Cal Newport. He's a, a professor somewhere on the East Coast, and he's written a couple books. One of them is called Deep Work, and another one that I really like is called Digital Minimalism. And he spends a lot of time talking about that exact phenomenon that you just described, where Facebook benefits from keeping you on Facebook. Like the average Facebook user uses Facebook for about 48 minutes a day. Now, I'm sure in, in quarantine, that number has gone up significantly. Yeah. But that's the average user. So there are people who are using it way more and there yeah. are people using it less. 
Facebook is really, really invested and interested in how can we bump those numbers up. And, you know, the thing, the, that old chestnut that people love to say, if you can't tell what's being sold, you're the commodity. Yeah, you're the product. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's, it's like I, I've never been a joiner. You've known me for a long time. I tend mm-hmm. to be a little prickly when people are like, get get in this line. It's like, why? It's a line. We're standing in line. And I I, I by default am leery of that and against yeah. that kind of thing. And it part of it, sometimes that serves me well. Sometimes it makes me a curmudgeon and I, I miss out on things. Yeah. You know, being out of the, the, I haven't been on Facebook for five years now. Four or five years now, and you know, I've I've missed getting invited to to weddings and funerals of very dear friends. Yeah. Who, you know, the weddings they would have wanted me there, the funerals I like to think they would have wanted me there. Yeah. Uh, because I wasn't connected to the wider circles through the thing that everybody uses to connect through. Honestly, that is the thing. I still use Facebook, but that is the thing that made me start using it less, actually was friends of mine who weren't on Facebook not getting notified of things. Not getting invited to things, but, like, also just, like, not finding out. Like, because, like, something major happened in my life, and I was a little exhausted with it, with with this happening. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to post about it on Facebook, and everyone will know, and I won't have to talk about it. And then someone very close to me did not find out about it for a while because I forgot and like that was fair of me right to want to be like I just want to say it once and just get it out there and not have to tell everybody relive this trauma every time so that's reasonable of me but like this person didn't miss out and then I I have friends and and fans of my music who don't who wouldn't like hear about shows or whatever because I was just posting them on Facebook and I was like I can't always remember every time I post something on Facebook and now I have to text these three or four people to, to make sure they also know it's made much more sense for me to just stop thinking of Facebook as the catch-all the easy way to get everyone involved right it's fair to still use it because it can still be useful but like yeah I stopped thinking of it as the obvious default for everything and I started kind of like with thinking about what I wanted to watch before I fired up a streaming service when I, like, I want to say something, for example. I want to post something on the internet. A show announcement, a joke, uh, say, you know, a request for information, something like that. Think about where is the best place to post that first. Because mm-hmm. I also use Twitter, and Twitter and Facebook are very different in many ways, not just in their functionality, but in, like, the kind of engagement you get and the kind of things you share. So it's like, I would use, I would just post on whatever one I was already on or whatever one was already open right. often, unless it was really specifically like, oh no, this is a Twitter joke or something. But th- having making myself think about it, I want to do thing. Who do I want to hear this information? How do I want people to engage with it? You know, just thinking about that whole kind of calculus of like engagement to decide what would be the best place to do this. And sometimes it's like. I'm just going to text that to Strangely. Like, I have thought yeah. of a joke and been like, no, is this, oh, oh, I was going to post it on Twitter. Is this really a Twitter joke? You know what? I think it's pretty niche and you have to kind of know me to get it. I'm just going to text my brother and sister and then maybe Strangely or something about that joke or something. Pick the person who would most appreciate it and post yeah. there. And I have a, a Slack with my siblings now, which has helped hugely. Uh-huh. And you and I actually have a Slack as well, which yeah. I mean, several people have reacted like, the two of you have a Slack just for the two of you. Isn't that just, like, a really a much too elaborate text thread? But we have a podcast together. That yeah, it's, it's we, a work thing. It's a work thing. <laughs> but also, it's really handy when I see something funny and I go, Stranger would love this. Uh-huh. I don't have to text you and possibly, like, interrupt you if you're doing something important because right. I wanted you to see this funny gif. Right. I just post it in the Slack, and you'll see it eventually. Yeah, and it, it, will, it will brighten my day at a time when I'm when I'm ready to engage with that kind of content. Yeah. Because yeah. we've all, anybody who uses texting, and I'm assuming that you use texting if you're listening to a podcast. I mean, maybe you have a friend who like burns you CDs of my podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you sort of like, I have people who, who you know, you, you have someone who prints it out as a transcript and you're reading this on I, paper. I, I go to the podcast market once a week. And fill up my basket. Fill up with... my basket with fresh podcasts. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we've all had that thing with the text where we get a text and we pick up our, our device and we look, we look at our device 
and we read the text on the lock screen. Mm -hmm. So we get the information. We go, huh. We put the device back down. Because maybe you're like, oh, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Yep. I'll check the text to see if it's important. Oh, Sarah told me a funny joke. That's great. But I'm going to set it down because, like, I've got food on the stove or something like that. Right. But then you never remember to, like, respond and tell me that you liked my joke. I need to be told I like you like my joke, strangely. Exactly. And it's... But you're more likely to engage with it if you wait. If I post it on Slack and then you wait till you're like, I have time to check the Slack. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that kind of loops back around sort of as we're sort of on the downward slope of this conversation. Mm -hmm. It sort of loops back around to me, instead of saying these are things I want to get rid of, these are things that I'm mad at, these are things I don't like. Yeah. It's like, what ways can I increase the parts of my life that bring me joy, that make me more effective, that make me a kinder, better individual in the world around me? And, you know, so instead of spending two hours looking through Facebook, having this very diffuse interaction with hundreds of people that I do like. Yeah. And I love many of them. Yeah. I can have very deep and meaningful interaction with a couple of people. And I, I think this is best illustrated by what happened um, a couple of months ago. I, a few months ago, towards the beginning of quarantine some very close friends of mine had a baby and they posted a photo on Facebook and they shared it to the world. We had this baby, beautiful baby, wonderful baby named for Lord of the Rings. Character. Best baby, best baby. And really one of the top babies in the country. Yeah. Like, like top five babies yeah. coming in at number four. We've got, but, but, but these are friends who know me, who know I will be excited that they had a baby. Yeah. And who know I'm not on Facebook. And who took the time to individually, personally, send me a photo and a message informing me that the baby had been born. Oh, that's nice. So it was a no-brainer for me when I got back to Bellingham that I took the time to quarantine and go visit them and meet the baby. Because those are people who would do that kind of thing for me too. It's this reciprocal thing that is not being built around interactions on a platform. We're using the platform to deepen the interactions we already have. Yeah. It's something that, that you and I do. It's something that my other close friends and I do. And and I have friends who live in, in Europe, in Australia, people that I stay in close contact with, and I use the platforms to, to stay in contact with them. Mm -hmm. But the contact becomes meaningful when it's something that you go and you specifically do, just like we're talking about with movies. It's much more meaningful to, to watch a movie when you're like, I intend to watch this movie tonight and then you sit down and you watch that and you don't spend your time you know scrolling past hundreds of other movies and just kind of going uh this will do yeah it's a specific targeted thing where you head right for that and i think that's sort of where i'm at i that's one of the reasons that i haven't been producing episodes of this podcast i just i needed some time away from technology and my uncle needed to have uh, his house drywalled, so I went and drywalled the house, and uh, and it was it was great, and it was sort of this time away, and I, I kind of think I have a better idea of of where my my head's at, and what I want to do with this podcast in the future. I'm not going to make any announcements or sweeping revelations about what that's going to be. Oof. Don't do it. I know, right? This is actually another thing I recently like a, a kind of a rule I set for myself is like. Stop making grand announcements or definitive commitments because you f you want to or you feel you should before you've really considered whether you can, like what you're capable of doing. Right. Nuts that it took me as long as it did to figure out and not do that. Because... Don't announce, I'm going to do thing because you're like, oh, I should, I should do thing. Right. Think about, can I do thing? How much can I do thing? When can I do thing? Anyway. Because... Announcing that you're going to do something gives your brain the same type of dopamine hit yeah. as actually having done it. Announcing that you have done it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, it goes back to that kind of idea of like, uh, something that I talked about and this is your brain on porn. And also that was talked about in digital minimalism is like, if you're going to quit doing something, you're going to change your behavior. Don't publicly announce it in this big way yeah. because people will either praise you for doing it yeah. And your brain will be like, I did a good thing. And it's like, yeah. all you did was say you're going to quit. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like the 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 most annoying, horrible moment in that that British show that we watched, uh, absolutely fabulous, is when she says she's checking into rehab and she's lying about it. Yeah. <sighs> it's just it's so frustrating. And I'm not saying that people who announce they're going to do something and then fail at it are liars, but no, I'm saying no. it, it's it's it's. This is more about like your you. I think a lot of people do that because they want accountability. And they're like, right. I have to announce that I'm going to do this. But, like, I think you're much better served by picking a f- one or two, three friends mm-hmm. that you can... Oh, someone's come to the door. Uh-oh. What is happening? Who is this Hey! I've got, a, I've got a friend over who's immunocompromised. Oh, so if okay. you can just set that down and I'll grab well, it in I'll a second. The door there. Oh, perfect. Maybe. Now at the end of the street at the corner, you know where the college students live, they put one there. I'll go take a look in a minute. You go take a look. Thanks for the heads up, Uncle Herm. All right. <laughs> Hi, your uncle. That's my uncle, yeah. He's the one that I did the drywalling for. Oh. And uh Speak of Uncle Devil. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Devil. That's my uncle Herman. Yeah. Uh he uh he he dropped off a check for me for all that drywalling. Oh wow. So, you know, I'm going to be able to pay my rent this month Woo! with those sweet, sweet drywalling contractor dollars. Yeah. You know, it's um, that is actually a totally organic, perfect example of the thing I'm moving toward is my uncle texted me this morning. He said, I've got a check for you. I said, I'm home all day. Just come drop it off. Mm-hmm. And he did. And that to me is a, is a more human interaction than. Where are you now? Shoot me a text when you're ready to meet up with me. Oh, I'm not there. And there's sort of this back and forth. And it's, yeah. it's sort of, it, I think it's so easy to develop the illusion that we can be in, almost be in two places at once. Yeah. That we can, you know, that we can, we can, we can double book ourselves with two different friends in an evening and kind of magically slide over to a different interaction. And, you know, it just, it, it can be really frustrating. And instead I'm here and the people who are willing to come here, you, my yeah. uncle, some of the other friends who've come over to hang out socially distanced in the backyard this week, they're willing to make a little bit of effort to connect mm-hmm. or to, to cross paths as yeah. opposed to, well, maybe we'll all just like shoot me a text that day and we'll see how we feel. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it cheapens that thing that I think is essential to human connection, which is, it does take work and it does take time. And I think social media tricks us into thinking that it's super easy to stay up to date and to stay involved. So as we're sort of wrapping this up, I just want to give a couple of caveats and I'm super happy that you were here to have this as a conversation with. So I didn't get like too ranty about like, and Facebook has a camera up my nose. And And then, Oh my God, that Facebook, why do they do with the buttons? (laughs) Exactly. The uh, thing you do. The thing that I do. Yeah, you <laughs> nailed it. Thank you. Uh, but it's like, I'm not telling anyone else how to live. I'm not telling anyone else what to do or how to do it. I haven't even decided what I'm going to do or how to do it. You know, as I was talking about with the uh, seeing movies in the theater and then quarantine changing the rules. Yeah. I'm okay with changing the rules. I'm like, it's almost like I'm a human being who grows and changes over time and can learn from my mistakes. I'm sorry, what? Oh, I... <laughs> you're you're what now? <laughs> I thought we were all chickens here. <laughs> chickens? <laughs> there's, there's nobody here for those chickens. I'm sorry, oh, my brain went in a weird direction. No, that's with all that. right. I apologize. That was beautiful. So you know, I, I'm not telling anyone how to do or what to do or why to do or who who to do. <laughs> oh. You do you, uh, but. I wanted to share sort of where my head's at as I kind of think about what I'm going to be doing next and where this is all going, because I really like doing this podcast. I like having chats with friends like Sarah here. I like uh, I like getting to share interesting people that I meet. Next next week's episode is going to be my friend Sandy, who grew up in Iran and has just a wildly different perspective on life than I do. And yet, in some ways, we are so similar as people. 
even though we came from opposite sides of the world, like that to me is really cool. And that's the kind of thing that I think is really fun to explore on a podcast. So, you know, there will still be the podcast. I'll still be writing essays and sharing thoughts. And I want to be writing more fiction again. And the great thing about in inventing a variety show podcast is I can do all of that yeah. and have a great time. So, uh, you have no idea. Strangely, let me just take a moment to say that the format of this podcast is so great and I love it because I'm sure everyone listening feels the same way and I get to say it to your face cause I'm right here. But like, I was, I was around as you were trying to workshop the idea for this podcast, and you went some different directions before you arrived here. Mm -hmm. There were some very, very different ideas in the early stages. And when you finally got here and I finally heard the podcast, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is brilliant. Not only is it perfect for you, mm -hmm. it's just kind of a good idea in general. I'm just kind of surprised I haven't heard any other podcasts really do this kind of thing. You have no idea how hard it was for me to not steal it. <laughs> Because I had also been thinking about, like, I kind of want to do a solo podcast, maybe just as a patron thing, uh -huh. just as something to give to people who already want some Sarah Shea in their life, not necessarily as a way to be like, hello, I'm the next Joe Rogan or some right. shit, you know, just like, and I've been thinking about different ideas. And when you did this, I was like, God damn it, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I kind of want to do that, but I can't do the exact same thing. Well, you know, you know who I stole it from? Oh, did you really? Well, I mean, not not entirely, but there there used to be this thing back when I was a kid called Boomerang Magazine. And I have no idea if there was any sort of physical print magazine, whatever. But like you could get back, quote unquote, issues from the library. I think it was called Boomerang. There's probably someone out there pulling out their hair. It was called Boomerang and Friends or whatever. But like um, you get it this. It's called Frisbee. Yeah, yeah. You were, it's called, what was it, disc ball? What was that, ball disc? That flat ball. Flat ball. What the fudge was that? So, it was the, called Giant Novelty Scissors Magazine. Yeah. Um, oh, Ricky J reference for you. There you go. Oh. But uh, the, the, the thing, it was just like, it was, it was a cross between an, an, uh, an old-timey narrative radio show a This American Life kind of deal, a Prairie Home Companion, and like, like oh, a D radio DJ. Based. So it was audio only. Yeah, you get you a cassette get, tape. Get tapes. Okay. So you said magazine, and you said yeah. I didn't know if it was physical, but then you got it from the library. Right. And I was like, wait, is it a magazine or not? Yeah, and it was like you would get these things, and they would have like interviews or fun facts, and like not every segment would appear in every disc. It, it wasn't disc. It was cassette tapes. Yeah. Um. But it was like, it was just kind of this thing where like, it was really modular. And I, I like that with this podcast that I can do an episode that's entirely a chat. Or yeah. I did an episode that was entirely a fringe show. I, I had uh, Trevor's that's uh, right. yeah. Clownfish yeah. show, which I love that show. I'm so glad that I got to kind of record it and share it with everybody. I pointedly didn't listen to it because I thought... You know, I'm I'm gonna get a chance to see the show eventually, and Strangely feels so strongly about it. I really want to see it properly. Uh -huh. But now that um, stuff, I think I might have to go back and listen to it. Oh, you, you should. My chances of going to public events anytime soon, um, even when other people are able to, I'm immunocompromised. Did I mention that part? Uh, so I'm always going to be a, a couple faces behind everyone else. So right. like, my chances of seeing that ever are low. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back and listen to that. Put it on the docket of things to experience. Get it on the docket. It is it is simultaneously harrowing and deeply uplifting. And That's good note, so I'll I'll wait for when I have, you know, some some spoons to be slightly yeah. harrowed. Yeah. <laughs> harrowed. Uh yeah. Those are, there's a shout out for Trevor. Yeah. And it's it's earlier in this podcast feed. It's a wonderful show. Check it out. Uh, and sort of as we're wrapping this up, I just, uh, want to thank you again, Sarah, for sitting down with me and talking about all of this. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I like this podcast, so it's kind of fun. This is my third appearance. Oh my goodness. I'm becoming a regular. You, you basically are. You need to get like a jacket with like a number embroidered on the, uh, right? Can we have like a secret club? Or like on the side of your, uh, your fighter plane, you have like little microphones painted. <laughs> Just scratch another tally mark into my wall. Yeah. With a dagger. Anyway. <laughs> what am I talking about? Do you have any parting thoughts for the folks at home, Sarah? Oh. 
parting thoughts. Um, I only prepared welcoming announcements. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, he, I actually have a parting thought. All right. I thought of it earlier. But I hope people who've listened to this uh, didn't feel like we were just like, you know, two people wanking on a topic like for an hour or whatever, how long we're going to have been. That is I what hope, podcasts are. So. I know, but I hope that... I yeah. hope that people listening to this, I hope that some of the things we said maybe gave you a, an idea or a perspective that you hadn't thought of before that will actually help improve your life mm-hmm. in some way. Like, I hope us saying things like, decide what you're going to watch before you start with the thing, or I start reading the newspaper instead of getting news online. Like, I hope that some of these things were just something that someone listening will go like, oh, I'm going to try that, or... I'm not going to do that, but that idea gave me an di- idea for something else I can do that might improve my life right. in a similar way. I just hope somebody gets us something out of this and it doesn't just feel like it's heard two people's, like, saying their opinions for a long time. Which I know, yeah, technically that's most podcasts, but podcasts yeah. could be more, I, wouldn't I, they? I see what you're saying, and I, yeah. I think the reason I wanted to take the time to do this is that for me personally, a lot of these shifts that I have arrived at is because a lot of these shifts a lot of other shifts i feel like growing up there are so many things where the big moment is when someone just mentions that that's an option yes like for for young people to 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 be trans or to be queer or to just accept that oh my god that's an option oh that's a thing that is a name that is a or change yeah. change their career, quit their job, take up a hobby, anything. You know, yeah. there's so many things where people just like, you know, I was kind of joking about it earlier about being okay with the fact that I will never be great at speaking Tagalog. Did I say it right that time? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, I think sometimes we limit ourselves because we just, we we don't know the options. Yeah. We, we don't know that change is possible or available or even, not even that it's possible that it's even comprehensible. And the big moments for me with this whole sort of transition or this this digital minimalism or whatever you want to call it that I'm sort of thinking about is someone mentioned that it was a possibility, which allowed me to have the time to think about whether it was a possibility I wanted to pursue or not. Yeah. Because, I think that's, that's a huge thing for a lot of people, the fact that yeah. you're not stupid. You just, there are certain things that don't occur to you unless someone else says I did thing. And you're like, oh, I had all the information that could have led me to come to that conclusion, but for whatever reason, I never, I never got there because I never saw anyone else do it. Yeah. And to seeing someone else do it makes you go, oh, all right. That's a thing that can be done. I think there's sometimes people say like, I saw someone do something and I went, I could do that. But it's not the like, you think you're special? I could do better than that. You know, sometimes you do feel that way. But other times you just go, oh, that's a thing. That can be done, and I could probably be the one to do it. I mean, that's so that's so huge for so many people at so many particular times. I feel like I lost the thread of where I was going with that, but like, no, you got it's it. Important. Yeah. So my my parting thought on all of this is that, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to run toward something instead of away from something. And it's funny that you mentioned earlier about not announcing grand plans before they can happen. Yeah. Because I made a commitment to myself that I was going to make something and I wasn't going to tell anybody about it until it could float. (laughs) That's right. I built a boat. During quarantine, one of the things I did was I, uh, I managed to get my hands on some plywood and a couple of tools and I built a little rowboat. And if you go to my Instagram where I posted about this episode, there's video of me during the very first test floating of the boat. It, the look on my face is a little bit leery because I wasn't even sure if the thing would float. Uh, but I made a boat and it floats. Well and done. Thank you. It was, it, it was absolutely infuriating that you mentioned that you were working on something, but you couldn't tell me what it was. <laughs> also, my guess was completely wrong. I oh. thought you built a magic uh, trick of some kind. I mean, taking some flat sheets of wood and turning okay, them into a right. boat that floats, kind of a magic trick. That's not what I meant, and you know it. I know it. I thought you were going to saw me in half. Anyway, I'm about ready to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, more normal programming will resume with the next episode. But until next time, I hope you are somewhere safe 
and of a comfortable temperature and that whatever you're doing and whatever you're spending your time on, it's something that is fulfilling and brings you joy. And if not, uh, next time it's possible for us to hang out, I will do my best to give you a hug. Aww, so that's nice. On that note, I know we usually do it on Pilot House, but should we sign off with our uh, traditional co co podcasting oh, sign off? Because you're gonna ask me to tell a joke. No, no, you don't have to tell like a joke. You usually today. do, and, and I was like, this whole time I've been low key trying to think of a damn joke, just in case he asks me for a joke the way he does with the interviews. The only one I can think of is the one that six year old that we were hanging out with last night told. Oh, I didn't hear him tell that. You didn't? Oh, no. okay. Can I tell it? Yeah, go ahead and tell it. It's we'll very, do our, we'll do our sign off. Yeah, go for it. It's honestly, it's it's actually a pretty cogent joke for a six okay. year old. But um, Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Uh huh. Pete walks out. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Pete walks out. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Well, that about does it for this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. Strangely and Friends, the podcast is produced in a secret, undisclosed location by me, Strangely Deuceberg. The podcast is made possible by my incredible supporters on Patreon. A special shout out to my executive producer patrons, Kim Truitt and Tina Jones. Check out patreon.com slash strangely to find out how you can help me make more of whatever this is. Strangely and Friends, the podcast is a Herringbone Society production. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Pete walks out. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Pete walks out. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Pete walks out. Who's left? Repeat. Pete and Repeat walk into a store. Pete walks out.